This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. And now we have a treat for sports fans everywhere. It's really important that professional athletes learn what uh, to say and how to deliver their message. We've got a great first half. Make sure you keep the ball doing the work. We're still looking to get it in the wide areas. First of all, it's the correct stadium design, but also the correct pitch construction. And that clash, that rivalry comes together with that traditional white blocked against that more modern, contemporary neon color. All these events live on the programme. We'll continue to do our best to cover sport in the way that you like, backed up by our highly professional team. Grandstand starts now on BFM 89.9. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Grandstand. I'm Ross, thanks for joining me. Um, today we're, we're, we're talking to a man who is who's literally all sports. And, and I'll explain that. Uh, he started out life, well, I, I, I kind of knew him as a radio DJ. Then he was a sports TV presenter yes. at yes. ESPN. Yep. Then uh, after that, uh, sports commentator. Still, yep. before, still before that, there was a lot of producing and stuff. But I said, I, 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 we, can, we can go through that. Is it? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jeevan Selvanarvan to Grandstand. Thank you, Ross. I, I've been listening to the show. I think it's fantastic. Um, and yeah, I, I think you just summed it up just now. I mean, it's been a it's been a wild and wonderful journey through media, uh, which is something I always wanted to do right from the beginning. Um, I was, I think, five years old when I first said to my mom I wanted to be on radio and TV. So since then, it's just always been yeah. aiming towards. Uh, that. Okay, but it didn't start like that because you, you didn't have the training for radio. No, and no, TV I didn't. No, all, no, no, did no. I used to drive my mom up the wall. By um by get by commandeering the record player at that time and then just playing records all all day and I, when I got old enough I started calling myself Terrible Todd for some reason <laughs> uh, that uh, still was in England so basically there was no link to to Malaysia at all and then I I came out to Malaysia about 1994 I think it was and my dad wanted me to become a a, a lawyer. Mm. Yeah, which you are qualified for, or kind no, of no, on the way. No, to... no, no, no. I'm a, I'm a qualified management consultant, ah. but uh, which I did. I, I said I got my my degree in economics. I did my master's in business, but he wanted me to come to, to Malaysia and um, and become a, a lawyer or a, a finance broker or something. So like that, that didn't work out very well. Then. Well, that obviously led to <laughs> some very interesting chats, and if he's listening now, some great chats. But um, at that point. It was, I had the choice of, of, of you know, um, after all of these chats, uh, of, of becoming whatever I wanted to be. So I actually started as a production assistant um, at Articulate TV. That was, that was my first ever TV job. That was what was the first thing you did? It was 25 years ago. Okay, and I, the first thing I did was um, Adam Bakhtir was on Gold Quest. Oh my you goodness! Remember, you remember that show? <laughs> yes. Right, and he was the big he was the big host at Articular TV, and I, I had I literally knew nothing about TV at all. Um, but I was polishing the prizes on, on Gold Quest, <laughs> the bikes and, and everything else that you could win. And then at one point, you know, they ran out. One, of, I think one of this is the truth. One of the contestants dropped out. Um, and they said, Chief, do you want to be a contestant on, on Gold Quest? So I, I actually went and was a, you can find the video somewhere. And I went all the way to the mystery round. All right. Yeah, but then I got my first real glance into TV because I won a lot of stuff. I won a trip to Indonesia. I won a stereo. Nice. Um, but when they sent me the stereo and the TV, it wasn't quite the one that they had in the studio. <laughs> and so that was my first inkling into TV. But then after that, it was Red 104.9. Yeah, um, yeah, that's when that's, I, I first that's, started. That's the one. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's our first day. They gave me just out of um, 
uh, I suppose, you know, I literally have to give them so much credit for this, but just half an hour on Tuesday mornings, um, I had it. And you, you, you've been a morning show DJ. You mm-hmm. know what it's like just even getting up that yeah, early yeah, yeah. at that age was, um, was strange enough. After that, I got the weekend shows. So I was doing 6 to 10 Saturday and but Sunday. You, you did a lot more at, at Red 104. Yeah, um, you, you actually, I, I actually ran the station I, for Well, a while. this funny thing about Red, uh, and to all the people that are listening now that used to listen to me, Red, hello. Long time no here, but there's a story. Um, I went, I did every single slot that there is at Red. I did mid-morning, I did uh, the morning weekends, uh, I did night times as well. Um, and then in the end, of course, I settled on, on four to eight, and, I, and that, that was about eight years. Mm-hmm. That's why we never met, because yep. you were doing yep. mid-mornings on a yep. different station. I was on Red <laughs> 104.9. Anyway, at the end of that, I, Chevy was, you know, I, I because I started, as you said, I ran the station for a year. Um, and in that time, I set up on Fridays at 5 p.m. Um, pretty much a football show on the ball, right? Shebby Singh was, was wow. my guest and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I remember this, that I well. said that, you know, to everyone that's listening that's in the radio industry, the sales department did not like this at all. <laughs> but we went off because of our love for football and we did it. And then um, a certain person that we know that I have to credit now as well, Des Corkhill, mm-hmm. who was senior producer at ESPN at the time. He was listening to the show, and he basically flew up to Malaysia. This was years and years and years ago. In fact, if I joined uh, in 2004 at ESPN, probably around 2002. So 95 to 202 was about red. But then he sat me down and said, we're thinking of, of you know, starting Sports Center Malaysia. Would you be interested? I was like, dream job, of course. Um, and we did. And in 2004 to 2008, that four years was where I got just the best training from Des obviously mm-hmm. um, but on top of that for Hugh Bevan Sharon Van Sweeten both of them had uh, respectively um, run top departments at CNN and the BBC so how, how did working in radio help that help help working at ESPN well, it's funny it's, it's Des Corkle again he actually said that um, whenever he's picking and he was senior at ESPN whenever he was picking a TV host he said the first thing he looks for is a radio host because they're already using their mind you really know how to express yourself without you know looking a face for radio as you say you, you, <laughs> you, you do that but then yeah, uh, yeah, after yeah. that I said uh, ESPN went um, you know ESPN has, has changing strategies as it goes so in 2008 uh, that I, I then moved back to Singapore so then I was doing a lot of traveling between Singapore and um, still working and for ESPN, but but you were covering Singapore, right? In the last year of it, which yeah. was which was the international part of it. Well, that's when that the international bit started, ah. um, and so I started then, um, you know, working with the likes of obviously Udo Joshi, Steve Dawson, Colette Wong, all these wonderful, amazing people, great to call friends now as well, who helped me along the way as well. Colette's lovely. The, 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 <laughs> one of the strangest things was um, I was one of the. I would only been working at ESPN for six months, but then Euro 2008 turned up. Ah. And they sent a team of six people to go uh, to Switzerland and Austria. And I was on, I was like the youngest person on the team of three. Uday Joshi was the other one. The um, Our producer at the time is now currently actually the, the head of uh, Fox Sports. And, he, you know, it was so much training. So much learning on the ball. And you know what it's like. You mm-hmm. get to the World Cup. When you're under pressure getting this stuff done... Uh, and that, you, you're recording without a studio, out in the elements. Out, hey, one time we were in Innsbruck, like at, you know, top of the Alps, and I remember coming out of the Greece-Sweden game, and it was so cold in the Alps <laughs> that I even just doing my report, my lips started freezing up. And there's, there's <laughs> so, such, uh, such an odd feeling for me to actually not be able to speak. But it was, I said, you learn all those things, the hard grime of things. 
Uh, and after that, it was a lot of freelancing with History Channel, uh, MediaCorp, uh, Karen Ng from MediaCorp. i got to say hi to her. And obviously, um, uh, Guy Irma as well from Black Dog Productions. Um, but, uh, before we get into all that, just going back to the, the ESPN one. Uh, so, so you're in sports. Some of the big names you, you met and interviewed everyone. whilst at ESPN. Everyone. Absolutely everyone. What? what? Top tennis players? Uh, all the tennis players. <laughs> Basically. What, what, what? Borg, McEnroe? Uh, Borg, McEnroe, Vilanda, Cash, Hingis, Kornikova. Um, there F- was Nice. Uh, F- F1 guys? Karen Wozniacki of F1 guys. Everyone you could think of from that specific uh, time. Schumacher. Um, right, let's do the big ones. Schumacher, Ronaldo. Rooney didn't turn up. I remember that one. <laughs> Um, but, you know, the golf world, Luke Donald, Ernie Els, uh, Nick Faldo. I can't actually... Out, out of all those people, who was the nicest and easiest to talk to? It, it's really difficult to say um, because sometimes I messed it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Michael Schumacher, when I went up to him, said, Hey, you're the guy that drives the cars. You didn't like that too much. <laughs> but, um, and, uh, you know, yeah, but obviously, the, the, very, very be- the very best of Michael and, and his family, obviously, for, for everything that's happened. But the most fun has actually been, you know, looking back now, various, when, when you, when you as, as an interviewer, you know as well, when you actually cash into somebody's actual personality, when they don't come up and they just reply you and they give you an answer. So it could be a number of them, mm-hmm. like the Brazil, the Brazil national futsal team. I was I was with them, and um, they got me on the pitch and made me part of the celebrations. I had <laughs> half a bottle of champagne over my head in, in the middle of it. I was like, I don't actually know how to play. So I mean, obviously, the the, the, the idea is to have fun in your interviews. You know who it is? Oh, Nicole David. Nice. Nicole David is one of the nicest people that I think I've multiple ever met. Multiple world champion. If not the greatest squash player ever. But yeah, multiple world champion. Does, uh, you know, Malaysian star, obviously. But I got a one-hour interview with her. And when I sat down with her, and I met her a couple of times at ESPN as well. Um, and I'm very privileged to know, you know, her family and stuff as well. She's just so down to earth. You just don't expect someone who's won that amount of stuff and shows that amount of determination and fight on the court. To actually, and she's one of ours. She's Malaysian. Brilliant. Fantastic. Brilliant. All right. So, who was the most difficult? <laughs> uh, uh, the, the one where you, you were most, maybe most terrified, most scared. I, I was never terrified. A lot, pre- a lot of preparation, and you, you, you were a bit worried. Which Lewis, one? Lewis Hamilton. Got to be. Why, Lewis why, why Lewis? Because, you know, Lewis is like. Um, it's like interviewing Robbie Williams in the music world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lewis is a, is a great guy, but it kind of really depends on, on how he's been. And the, the four times that I've actually got to interview him, once he had just won the world championship and flown here from um, Abu Dhabi. So it was the next day. And when we sat down and talked, he talked about his life in Colorado and his dogs. And he was really warm. And of course, the English part to both of us kicked off really nicely as well. But then there are other times when you know he, he'll literally just know that you want an answer from him. And I, I said, I asked him, yeah, Lewis, I don't care if you're listening because uh, you were there. Um, <laughs> but I asked him, I said, so Lewis, you know, didn't go do well today in, in practice. Uh, it looked like your engine had, had blown up. Tell us what happened. He goes, yeah, it was a bad day. Oh, and you, it, it just you, you, abs- you just love one or two word answers. Yeah, right? well, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not exactly the hardest person to talk to. Do you know what I mean? So I, I thought that was bad, especially after the, the kind of strife that you go through to meet them. But so many of them, I think there's got to be at least 100 people that um, I wanted to meet. The special one was Borg McEnroe because I grew up with mm-hmm. them. I watched them. And to meet them both at the same time, I remember asking John, 
John, um, you know, did you uh, do you think you would have won more world championships if Hawkeye technology had been in in, in the seventies? Good point. And he actually said yes. He said absolutely. Yeah. But then he wouldn't have coined the, the, the no line. no that whole that whole part of culture would have gone sports culture would have gone. Then I asked Bjorn in what in the you know straight afterwards. I said Bjorn, did you at any point during these finals think I wish that guy would just stop talking? And he went, <laughs> I still do that now. You know what I would have asked Bjorn? What happened if they didn't invent like a headband? <laughs> what would you have used? Would you have worn a cap? Because they didn't wear caps. Yeah, you, you always think of these questions after you meet them. <laughs> that's the thing. Ronaldinho was the most latest one, but I said that's part of, of the current stuff of what I'm doing. Now. Brilliant stuff. That is where we're going to take our break. When we come back, we're going to find out about Jeevan behind the mic. He's a man with many hats. I'll tell you more next. More Grandstand coming right up on BFM 89.9. Break from mediocrity. BFM 89.9. A view of sports from every angle. This is Grandstand. Welcome back to Grandstand. A different look on sports every week. That's what we say. That's what I say. This week, we are talking to Jeevan Southern So far, we, we've learned that Jeevan has gone from, from radio DJ to working for ESPN. So he's, he's immersed himself in sports now and, and TV presenting. Yeah, that's that was, where we that, got that to. Was, uh, it was presenting. And of course, because I always wanted to be a presenter, I thought this was literally the gold standard. But um, in all honesty, Ross, I'll tell you right now, if I had a choice, if I had one regret from everything, I would have uh, learned to have been a producer before a host. Because um, being a presenter is a very limiting thing. You're mm, in the studio mm. and everyone's focused on you. Would you have been less diva-like? Um, yes. <laughs> and no, I, I'll say that clearly. Yes, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, I was coming into the studio and, and saying things like, oh, I can't believe that the words on this oh, just aren't printed on the right thing. And I never saw the tens of, you know, producers yeah, and reporters now you and know. editors and everything else. So as I was freelancing, then I said I got the ultimate, the ultimate experience, which is to work with the BBC, um, which I did for a bit in, in Singapore. It was work permit issues in the end that uh, meant that I couldn't stay longer. But when you work for them, you, you really see mm. working as a team, mm. working at the highest levels. Well, that, that's the ultimate learning uh, curve. Yeah. That, that's, that's the top. That, yeah, that's and um, you know, I, was, I was so scared when I, when I first went in, um, into the So what tower. did you do at the BBC? You covered all news. That, that was, um, I was producer of the Asia Business Report. So ah. one thing I wanted to do when I started so freelancing. So Rico, Rico. Yep, he's yeah, on. Rico, Mariko, oh, um, yeah. and also big shout out to Ben Richardson, the bureau chief there. Alicia, of course, who, who taught me everything. But the the way they get their work done, the quality of it, you know, you're working 20-hour days, um, but the satisfaction of it was, was amazing. So then with that plus the jobs, you know, I'd done at an international level for, say, History and Mediacorp and other people made me realize that there was a quality that you could, you could bring. Um, so when I then came back to Malaysia, mm-hmm. um, mainly because of this, of, of the work permit thing, I... I honest with you I would have stayed at the BBC uh, but then when I came back here I wanted to to create something that could at least replicate or bring some quality to our um, 
the sports industry, and Where? that was and that was all sports Asia. Okay, okay, but before but you, before that was yeah, the sports be, the sports two four seven. Well, th- this is it. Sports yeah, I mean, that, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about all sports Asia, but concurrently and even now, what you're doing uh, to to pay the bills, if you like, is you do a lot of oh, commentating. How can I even forget commentating? Exactly, that's a um, massive. Here's part. a big name who might be listening right now, uh, David Tully. Dave Tully was, um, I worked with him at ESPN, he, he's, um, you know, I, I can't even describe Dave. I actually like to say about my life that I had six creators um, who actually gave me everything. Hugh Bevan, Sharon Van Sweeten, Des Corkill, Jason Goh, Dave Tully, um, and we'll, we'll get to the commentating now. But so Dave Tully actually came up to me straight after ESPN, he said, do you know anything about squash? And I went, this is a true story. <laughs> and I went, well, I mean, I, I used to play it when I was a kid and then stuff like that. And he goes, do you think you can commentate on squash? I said, well, I've been on the radio for all this time, so uh, maybe. And uh, he put me together with Andrew Cross. Ah, and we know Andrew Cross yeah, very yeah, well. Yeah, and yeah. we sat down and we then became the dream team for the uh, the squash, the national squash championships here um, for four years. And, you know, that was the first of the sports. And you fell in love with commentating. I fell in love with commentating because, and I still am in love with commentating. I'm off to Lanzhou, China on Saturday to commentate some more. Um, but basically, commentating was radio, which is words, and TV, which is pictures, off the top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's not off the top of your head. You do need a body of knowledge, obviously. You do need to, br- to, to bring in. Yeah, the, you, you, you need, know, you need all the prep, but, but the radio background. The radio was, the background was, was absolutely invaluable for that. And the one thing that differentiates a commentator from someone that's just watching it is that the fact you can see um, little tiny bits on, on the screen. I think a lot of people just hear a voice. But if you can match, like the, the greatest example for commentary is, of course, um, football and snooker done on the radio. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah, where, yeah. where they actually talk at triple speed yeah. so that you know, you can imagine you had everything that's happening. Now, commentating, whereas with a TV show, you have a, 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 a rundown, a structure and a script that you, is a joy to put together. I learned how to do that, obviously, at the BBC and stuff. It's brilliant. Mm. But it's, it's a structure and a plan that yeah, you're yeah, going yeah. for. You know, let's just take an example. One day, I was I was commentating, and then you know, it, a fight happens outside, <laughs> just in the in the grandstands, and all the cameras pan towards that. And now you're completely just on on that fight. <laughs> on that fight. and yeah. you're seeing there because you well, need to talk about what's on screen. Yeah, and then you get used to saying doing things like this. Well, these are just un, un, unspeakable scenes that we're <laughs> currently watching. And, uh, we'll try and get you as much information as we can as we do it. So, okay, you started off with squash. What what other sports have you, you commentated on? I knew you could ask me that because squash. I'm okay, let's let's try and do them now. So, all the all the rackets: uh, squash, tennis, badminton. Okay. Um, then football, yes, uh, K League, uh, J League, and um, CSL Chinese oh. Super League as well. Hockey, um, basketball, boxing. Martial arts was wushu and silat taekwondo. Wushu, silat, and taekwondo. Wushu, wushu is actually my, my speciality now. It's the world, <laughs> world championship for the last uh, two times. So you actually you, you had to climb up on all this. You had to climb oh, up yeah, on wushu. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? And that's what I love doing. I, I spend about a month on each of these things, and I get it. And then they give you the color commentator as well. And then you see the sport. So um, that's that's ten. But then there's a lot more because now, of course, with you especially. We have um, broken into motorsports as well, so there's touring cars, Le Mans, uh, super bikes, um, and it's not, it's at 19. I know it's at 19. Wow! I was just offered table tennis, but I couldn't make the dates in Hong Kong. And and really, I mean, as far as jobs go, uh, 
you know what? Regardless of jobs, as a personal standpoint, as a benchmark, commentating on 20 different sports and coming back with you know, good reviews from the actual federations and, and, and the people that are working there um, has, is, is the thing that I'll remember. If I can hit 25, even better. But the great thing about doing so many sports is that I've now made really good relationships with the likes of uh, IMG, Lagardere, mm. um, and you know all IEC Sports, World Sport Group. Um, Fox, I was more of a reporter. I became, instead of a, a presenter, a reporter. I'll tell you about that in a second. But with Lagardere, with Paul and Duncan and, and Sarah and Charlotte. And, and, and these people pay in USD, right? USD, Euro, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically nice. living, living in Malaysia now and working internationally. So, And it's, it's a great thing in terms of that level of TV I was talking about. And because I, they do that. I know you've been going to China a lot to, to commentate on marathons. And so yeah, you, marathons. You've been to the China Embassy quite a lot I've been the, I've been the Chinese <laughs> visa application center hey to everyone at the Chinese visa application center I told you that I was in the media and now, now you can hear about it but they're actually really nice and you know so in the last year it has been uh, Russia uh, China Mount Fuji in Japan Buriram Thailand wicked and you know it's Brilliant. great it's great traveling I've, I've went to the pyramids in between that so it's been a, it's been oh, not to commentate not that one's a holiday unfortunately there was no camel racing Ooh. on that weekend but I actually heard they do that in Arabic anyway <laughs> um, but the commentating has, has been something is, is going to be the future it's all I want to do for the rest of my life I really and and now now I mean in order to survive you've got regular gigs coming up every year and yeah 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 um now it's it, you know when you when you have about five or six people that so the all sports as well if we're getting to that later on I said I'll go through how all sports was for Fox sports I've kept the reporting side of things so and to be honest now you know I can do things like grow beards because I'm a producer for them mm, I, mm, I can mm. produce reports for them and it's it's a great honor to do that for them. Um, and we've we've done about seventy, I think, seventy five now. Yeah. Uh, really covering Malaysian stuff. They've got enough reporters to to cover. Um, they've got enough Singaporean reporters, I suppose, to cover the rest of the world. But um, it's great to get the team together and and go out and you know come up with international level TV because international level TV. I, there aren't enough hours in the day for me to explain how difficult it actually is to get done. It really, you really have to put the rest of your life on hold okay. to do it. Okay, before we leave off commentating and, and go for our second break, what's the one thing you want to commentate on? It can be sports, it can be anything else. Can you I immediately? Mean, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what? Golf! I mean, it's basically, okay, there's two, there's two commentating aims that I want to get. One, I did, I was, I managed to commentate for the Thomas Cup of Badminton in 2014 which is essentially the Wimbledon of Badminton. And I got to work with Richard Kaufman from Sky and Gillian Clark. Mm. And, you know, that level of Why, why golf, though? Why? why? Because I've, I've played it for five years. And it's and a long day. It's right? a long a day, day, but it's such a... I'm, I'm not going to say it's such an easy job, but it's it's a great thing to talk about. And you, you sit in the media center, and this is what my golf commentary would be like. Okay, he's on the 14th green now. Looks like he's using a 7. It's going to be a long shot from here. Oh, oh, he's, oh, he's off there. He, as you can see, I'm born for it. Um, and snooker. Snooker's the other yeah, one yeah, as yeah. well. I, I had the snooker pleasure of doing snooker at the Sea Games. I loved it so much. I want to do it regularly. Another thing I'd love to do is cricket. Ah, yeah. You see, there are, there are sports that you've yeah. done your whole life 
that haven't been got yet. <laughs> but there are tons of other ones, like the Women's Volleyball Championships in Vietnam, that you do know that you have done. So it's, it's really difficult. But the great thing is, by doing 20 sports, um, you, you see the game that is within all games. Yeah. Yep, the yep, level, because yep. that's all a commentator has to do. They have to relate the person to the piece of competition that's happening. If that's a the the winning goal in a two one game, if that's uh yep, you know the yep. final points in a boxing match, if that's the penalty flick in hockey, it's you need to get it. Absolutely, brilliantly put. All right, uh, we're off for our second break. When we come back, we'll talk to Jeevan about all sports Asia. This is Grandstand on BFM eighty nine point nine. Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. Sit back, talk sports, and play ball. This is Grandstand. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Ross Yusuf here on the show that brings you sport from a different angle. That's what I like to say. Uh, every week, we, we come at you on Evening Edition. Uh, you can also download the show, of course, at bfm.my. Uh, this week, we are talking to Jeevan Selvanathan. We've, we've heard about Jeevan's life as a radio DJ, as a sports TV presenter with, with Fox Sports, ESPN. Um, then commentary work, which is... Still ongoing and will be going forever <laughs> for hopefully all 19 sports. Just, as just well. keep Lagada and everybody's sweet. Yes, exactly. Well, th- that's you've just actually entered. I mean, that's that's what it was. All Sports Asia was set up to try and bring um, as much quality and help to as many people as possible. And I'll be a hundred. You know, we're four years in now. As now, as yeah, twenty-four thousand plus followers on the Facebook page. Yeah, that's right. Um, and as I said, we've had. Close to 5 million people that have come through that Facebook page. We've got something like 600, no, we've got more than that. We've got uh, about 800, 900,000 views from the videos that we've made. And so there have been, you know, videos that we've created. Um, okay, videos, you, you say videos you've made. Uh, what do you mean? What videos? Well, take uh, Spartan Race, for example. Spartan Race was, um, you know, last year we, we helped them cover their three races that they had in the year. And these aren't, because there are certain restrictions on TV. Because in, in terms of satellite TV, in terms of linear TV, don't worry, Ross, this isn't going to get boring. <laughs> but things have to be short. So for Fox, for example, I'll make it a two-minute, mm-hmm. two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute piece. Whereas for Spartan, I wanted, uh, we both discussed, and we both thought it would be good for, for everyone to get a good share. So there's a 10-minute program mm-hmm. on that on just that event that looks at the refreshments. So the what, you, you brought the team to shoot the event? Yeah, yeah. we own the equipment. You've you done have, the interviews? First, there was a selection process at All Sports because I needed to have people on board that knew the kind of work that I'd just seen at the BBC, that I'd just seen everywhere else. So, yes, once I got the final team together, um, we now go out with our equipment and we make 5, 10, 15 basically custom-made videos that are for the net. So, you know, they're not made for broadcast on TV. So the crawler at the bottom will have links to websites, for example. Um, and the feedback has been great. Every time that we've made a video, they've come back and said, this is just, you know, the most amazing thing. Because it, it wasn't meant to fit into a TV program. Now, it's its own program. Now, I understand, uh, apart from, from making videos for people, you, you also, I mean, All Sports Asia, under that umbrella, you are the Malaysian TV arm of... Fox Sports Asia. Essentially, yeah. Essentially. Which and means the, what? You, you go out and shoot all the big stars who come to KL? Is that what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're, it's been about five years now. They've been there right from the beginning. Um, and they will essentially, because they know of my of the training that they gave me 
Um, they will send me out. The last one was Ronaldinho last month. Uh, Michelle Holland came up. Great presenter that they uh, that they have, and, and we literally sat down and created that entire shoot for them and then send it off to them. It saves them a, a lot of time yeah. because of the quality that comes in and they know that all the time. So. And, but, but that's only possible because of your, your connection with them. They know the, the level of work you produce. Yeah. And, yeah. Right? and, and um, they, are, they are always, I said, a, a first priority. Lagardère, a huge company, but they use me generally for commentating and stuff like that. So. Okay, so All Sports Asia. Um, 24,000 people like the page. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a fan of the page. You, you, you post stuff that people like to see. We post stuff that people like to see, hopefully from other sports, because there's, there's usually a general saturation towards the sports like we surfing. already have. I, I'm, I'm so exactly. Love to and see and by the way, surfing is benefiting so well. You got to understand that you know we're not changing to the the digital age is not coming. The digital age came. It basically about five years ago. So now everyone in the industry is finding and jockeying for positions as to how they're going to offer their their products out. Now, of course, the big names like Fox and, and everybody else, because they were leaders of the, yeah, of the yeah. market beforehand, they already have the brand advantage. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing. Now, we, I spent the first four years going to all the federations and just really making sure that everybody knew what all sports could do for them. In terms of a digital output, we had mm. uh, podcasts, yeah. we had streams, yeah. we had we had a lot. It is now it's now moved to a, a very much broadcast solution situation where um, whether it's Lagardère, whether it's EPM TV, I have to give a big shout out to uh, Greg Eaton and Johnny uh, from Australia. I work with them on uh, Asian Le Mans. I can come in and help them with a number of different jobs, whether it's being a commentator plus an editor plus a producer. You know, and I filled the holes in there. That's what I mean by broadcast solution. So it's it's and I'm for these next four years, it's about using the team that I selected to, you know, literally take care of these guys and make sure that that brand of all sports yeah. may not be the biggest brand, you know, but it's it's quality every single time that you call it and use it. So if someone wants to hire all sports to to, to I don't know make make a, a series of programs on on on. Get in touch with the Facebook page. As I said, um, they, you know, uh, leave us a comment or even better, leave us a, a private message and we'll uh, we'll check it out. But you know what? I think I'm well known enough around that if you just ask, it'll be like the end of the Ant-Man movie, you know, when they, when they go, hey, I know a guy. And I promise you that when you use that guy, you, you're not going to be using anybody else. Um, but that's a great thing. And, you know, just looking back at the start of this conversation, I told you, I, I never expected ever to get the opportunities the privilege and the honor to meet the people that I've met, but also to have worked with yeah. the people that yeah. I've worked with and am currently working with. You know, there's there's an old saying, if, if not one person hates you, you're not doing your job right. So I must be doing my job excellently <laughs> at the moment, I, I reckon. And But as I said, there's, only better, there's much better things to come from all sports. We actually saved some shows that we were going to put out this year for next year because there's actually so much going okay. on. Okay, so you've got all the stuff, you, 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 you've got your equipment, you've got the experience, you've got the knowledge. What would you like to do? What I'd love to do, okay. Um, would you like to make a movie, for, uh, for instance? <laughs> short film, short film. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, as we are doing right now with uh, Sepang International Circuit, it's more about adding a certain sense of quality over a longer sp uh, period of time. In commentating, my aim is to get, say, round of 16 match 
and be the fifth commentator at Wimbledon. Oh, I want to be I'll, sweet. Yeah, you know, just just yeah, I, you would have made it. Yes, yeah, right? said John yeah. Motsum and stuff. You you know, uh, Martin Tyler, how <laughs> yeah, how exactly. revered these guys yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Now, one person I do have to to mention is the guy that made me think of this. Graham Goodwin is my co-commentator for the global broadcast for the Asian Le Mans series. Absolutely top class commentator, top class guy, and. As I said, to, if if I can keep working with people like that, if I can also just get what what sets them apart from from a, a local guy you you've worked with, I'll tell you that there's a few stories. Well, okay, um, um, it's your your passion for sport starts in the middle of your heart, okay, and then it, it's always when you see it on screen wanting to come out, and there's there's just something that will stop it coming out. Sometimes you might might not say what you want about your favorite player or this or that that. If you come across a commentator, and for example, Graham will be sitting next to me, and they're doing full rehearsals as, as you do the day before, um, we're just waiting for you to put the mic on. How, how close have you <laughs> been? <laughs> how, how and he, he's told me that. He yeah. said, like, I wish they'd just put the mic on. And then they put it on, and you go. There are, there are a lot of conventions, intros, outros, this, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. but you need that passion for sport to come out. So people know it. So, so how does Graham's passion translate? What, what do you it's mean? Unbelievable. I mean, it's it, the the man. Well, you know, Le Mans races are six hours. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> for one. So the first time they they, 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 they kind of gave me that, I was like, whoa, that's, that's a long time. But um, we got to know each other. He took me down the pit lane, stuff like that. So his passion was on show immediately. But once he got on air, it's just once you get the chemistry of it, once you start, you know, gelling. People will watch it with you. The commentators are are essentially the the first two fans in the line. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they yeah. get in there, and everybody else is talking to the fan. You don't need to be Zinedine Zidane, and I have to bring his name up because that's incredible what he just <laughs> did with uh, with his with his career in League generally. The well. World Cup yeah, three. Yeah. Three, you know, three consecutive. You don't need to do that, but what you need to do is let people know how special that is. But you'd like Zidane at your beloved Chelsea, though. Wouldn't I'd you? love Zidane. I'd love to. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring up Chelsea. On that note, I'd also like to say that it's been a long time since I've been in the studio because um, because of all the stuff I've just been talking about. I haven't been able to make uh, appearances on no, TFIS just not been and free. LAP, so it's got nothing to do with me boycotting the show <laughs> because of my treatment as a Chelsea supporter. But the guys have been fantastic. It is the longest running. Uh, football show, you know, in Malaysia, if not ever. But um, I, you guys were just about right this time. I still think you give Liverpool way too much. Oh, brilliant! Uh, they, uh, uh, this might <laughs> be this might be the only time where I get a plug from a guest. <laughs> no, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna anti-plug that. I'm gonna anti-plug that now by saying oh, that there was out of Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, and Chelsea, Ross, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. who won the silverware this year? Yeah, all right, let's move on. <laughs> I, I, at, at this point, I would like to thank Jeevan Selvanathan for coming in Absolutely. And, and, and talking to us. I mean, you're going to keep doing what you're doing for, forever now. I'm lucky and gifted enough um, by life to be doing what I love and to have got all the opportunities I need. You know, someone asked me, they, they just, this last story, someone someone saw this picture of me with Borg and McEnroe because I watched them yeah. the other day. And he goes, why don't you go back and get that job? And I was like, well, I've already had that job. That's that's not what you want to yeah, do. I yeah. don't want to be a host anymore. I yeah. don't want to be a reporter anymore. This is um, where I want to go and where I want to grow. And All Sports Asia is going to be around for a long time, whether it's small, whether it's big, whether people help us, whether they don't. And uh, it's only going to help the fans. Brilliant stuff. We wish you all the best. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me, Ross. Definitely. Nice one. And thank you guys for listening. That wraps up another episode of Grandstand. I told you, sports from a... 
different view. This, as far as this week goes, a completely different views as well. Uh, thank you, Jeevan Salvador, for joining us. Thank you, guys, for listening. Uh, join us again for the next one. Bye bye. Tune in next week for more Grandstand on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.